All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, December 11th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. So, Clayton, interesting weekend at the box office. We've already gotten emails, people asking us to do a deep dive to go all the way through the 10 because this top 10 is so interesting. A, A lot to get into. So why don't we just get into it? Clayton, could you give us a plow for the box office weekend of Friday, December 8th? Number one, The Boy and the Heron, $12.9 million in its first weekend. Number two, The Hunger Games, The Battle of Songbirds and Snakes, made $9.2 million, down 34%. It lost only 26 theaters. It's at $135.5 million in its fourth weekend. Number three, Godzilla Minus One made $8.5 million, down 25%. It added 232 theaters. It's at $25.5 million in its second weekend. Number four, Trolls Band Together made $6 million, down 22%. It lost 165 theaters. It's at $82.9 million in its fourth weekend. Number five, Dropping Like a Rock, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, made $5.4 million, down 75%. It added three theaters. It's at $28.5 million in its second weekend. Number six, Wish made $5.3 million, down 31%. It hemorrhaged 490 theaters. It's at $49.4 million in its third weekend. Napoleon made $4.1 million, down 43%. Uh, it lost 150 theaters. It's at $53 million in its third weekend. That's at number seven. Number eight, Newbie, Waitress the Musical from Bleecker Street, $3.2 million in its first frame. It must have had some earlier showings because its total right now is 3.9. Number nine, Animal made $2.4 million, down 62%. It lost 68 theaters. It's at $11.7 million in its second weekend. Number 10, The Shift, Angel Studios, $2.1 million, down 51%. It lost 35 theaters. It's at $8.4 million in its second weekend. And that's your top 10. Yeah, very interesting top 10. I mean, a real grab bag here. No blockbusters, but, you know, the theaters found a way to make some money this weekend. Uh, let's go over some of the odd ones. I'm just going to throw out this Waitress the Musical. So mm-hmm. this is a Fathom event. Is this this is a filmed version of the stage play, not a theatrical musical? You know, made for theaters musical. Am I am I correct in that? Yeah, like I, they put a camera in the back of a room uh-huh. and just you see the top of some audience members' heads. Total cam job, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, I believe, Sarah Borelli's doing the lead in this. mm -hmm. And yeah, I believe it is what you said it was. Right. One camera back of the room. Yeah, no insert shots. I don't know. I haven't seen the picture. I haven't seen trailer for it, but that's what I assume. Mm -hmm. It looks like it. I'm looking at screen captures of it. Okay. And it does look like that's what it is. Okay. So $3 million for that. Great. Is great. And and to see Bleecker Street in non COVID times in the top 10, Mm -hmm. that is 
a sight to behold because Bleecker Street is usually what you see when you're doing a deep dive into the Hulu catalog. It's not usually mm-hmm. what you see listed as a top 10 at the box office production distributor. Yeah, so, I saw I saw this Bleecker Street and I was like, oh, wait, should I be wearing a mask again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. what it makes me think of. Now, if IFC Films is in the top if, three, if, then if, it's mask time. Mask yes. Up. If IFC Midnight has got the number one movie in America, then – yeah, Fauci is on television somehow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're, you're not seeing where Fauci you again. Be. No. So Waitress, the musical, $3 million as a fan event did great. Here's something interesting. How much do you think the original 2007 Waitress movie, the, the non-musical original version. With Carrie much, Washington, uh, Carrie Russell. With Carrie Russell. Yeah. How much do you think that movie made at the domestic box office. Wow. Okay. Um, I got some wire issues. $20 million. Wow. Incredible guess. That movie made $19 million total at the box office. Opened in its never really never had a theater count. According to the numbers at theater count higher than 707 theaters. What a wow. great run. That movie had in in 2007 to 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 basically make 19 million dollars off of a very limited release. So, I think I mean, these are the kind of things. I mean, and we'll get into it because this this top ten is littered with these sort of things. Yes, that aren't and good litter. Be, good litter. Good litter. Great litter. Yeah. The litter that is on the floor of the movie theaters that keeps the ushers employed. Yes, good litter. Yeah, good litter. And so we're looking at these things that. They're making three here. They're making five here. Uh, Twelve, the number one movie. I mean, it's litter. I mean, let's be honest with you. Right. The Miyazaki movie is litter when it comes to the box office. Yes. But Art when it comes litter. to cinema. Litter when it comes to good litter. Good litter. Yeah. Good litter. Yeah. Um, and and that's what we're seeing in these dog days of December before these big tent poles yeah. that I think a few will are going to do well and a few are going to do terribly, but I think this is good for theaters because it's so diversified right now. Yes. Yes. It's definitely bringing different audiences. Like the, the audience going to see bleaker streets, waitress, the musical camera in the back of the room movie, different audience than seeing Godzilla minus one and different audience than seeing the boy in the Heron. Uh, Before we get into those, just some more uh, – let's keep doing some quick hits on some of the the holdovers, but not the movie, the holdovers. No. Napoleon dropped 43% third weekend. It's at 53 wow. million. I guess it gets to 60, and then that's pretty much it. So it's going to end up around what Killers of the Flower Moon did. Like the two mm-hmm. big Apple movies are both going to end up around $60 million domestic. Mm-hmm. And – you know, I, I killers is at sixty six point nine, so Napoleon's not getting there. Mm-mm. Are you a little surprised that Napoleon did? The, I, I thought it could have been a bigger movie than what it ended up being. Uh, you know, I think once we knew what it was, where it was more mm. of a domestic movie, a movie about Napoleon and his wife. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I think it is what we expected to be after knowing that initially. Yeah. It's not Gladiator Napoleon. And that's the thing. I thought this would be History Dad's catnip. 
Right. And then they went and they were like, it's a lot of him talking to his wife, which mm. I could do at home. I'm not making any sort of joke. Huh? I'm not saying huh. it's bad conversations. I'm not saying, ha ha men and women, you can't know, get along, Captain can't get Dog. along. Not you bad. know, I'm, no. this isn't, I'm not like thinking that everybody's like the Lockhorns. Right. Right. But I do think there's a level of, they were expecting one movie and they got another movie. It'd be like if Ford V Ferrari was all about a guy getting, you know, in arguments with his wife about taking the car out for the weekend. Right. Right. And never got to race it or only got to race it twice in the whole movie, which listen, she has a point. I'm not saying she doesn't have a point. She definitely has a point. He's on the road too much. He's on the road too much. Right. Yeah. But, That's not what that movie should be. Right. And I think that's why Napoleon – it also – it looked like more of a bummer. It, it had a weird gray tone to it. It didn't yeah, look yeah. exciting. And also, this works with uh, older people because Oscar still means something to them. There was no Oscar buzz. Yes, yes. There that was completely dissipated. We're not going to talk Golden Globes. There was a little bit of Golden Globe nom 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 love for Napoleon. Like Joaquin got the nomination, but you're right. This movie is not going to be an Oscar movie. Mm-hmm. And the older audience knows they don't have to see this in theaters to, to be able to keep up with the Oscars. They saw Oppenheimer, maybe they saw Killers. So they don't have to see Napoleon. So that one is what it is. I mean, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, dropped 75% made 5.4 million i i got nothing no free what, money what is it it's free money exactly i i, I this is the, the the drops on this movie are similar to other sort of concert movies this is acting like a normal concert movie yes it's yes. got the hardcores go they have a great time maybe a few see it more than once and then everybody's good they got their fill. That is what a normal concert movie does. Right. The, the Taylor Swift event is a once in a lifetime or, you know, probably once in our lifetime. There's probably going to be an artist in, you know, a hundred years that maybe does the same thing. Right. But we but, may still be there to see that. So I hope so. I hope yeah. so. But uh, and if we are, we're still going to be doing this. So we'll talk about uh, 100%. it. But I, I do think that to have them back like up against each other and expect that to be something that you can say is the same thing. It's apples and oranges and anybody who's complaining about this drop, it's not the same as the Marvel's dropping or wish dropping. No, it's not the same thing because the expectations shouldn't be the same. No, of course not. I mean, this was obviously it costs money to film these concert films and distribute them, but is filming a concert that she was going to do anyway. And I've, I haven't seen this. Obviously, this is more of a documentary than just yeah. a straight up camera in the back of the concert hall type of thing. Yeah. It's not a waitress situation. It's not a Taylor Swift era's tour of the movie situation. Mm-hmm. So there's more that went into this. But I am sure that the budget of the Beyonce movie, this thing at $28 million total now is a very profitable exercise. And then you got all movie. the downstream stuff too, which yep. is going to be great for this. I mean, this is going to, they're going to, they didn't have to pay anybody. It's an AMC's thing. So the right. theaters got it and they didn't right. have to go through any other channels. It was, and a, they didn't do a big marketing spend on this. No. Do you feel like the performance of Renaissance, a film by Beyonce event? It's an event, but that's the, right. the film is in the title. So we have to respect that's, they called it a film. So it is a film. 
does uh, a Serbian film is, is that an event? It's a film. It definitely was for us when we watched it. I mean, I think anybody who watches that movie, it becomes an event. It becomes but, an uh, event, but it is a yeah. film because it's it in is the title. So right. do we think that what is what what are these artists and these movie companies thinking about what the next uh uh concert film is going to be do they have more confidence in it coming out of beyonce do they start to feel like maybe we shouldn't put that u2 concert film out there in early 2024 not that that is a plan but that's the one we've theorized yeah. is probably the next the next act to do this does it feel like maybe there's not as much juice in that genre as you would have thought coming out of Taylor Swift. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that it's going to have to be the right artist at the right time. And otherwise you're just going to have another concert film that is not a fathom. And then it's a different sort of event. So you're still doing fathom esque numbers with it. So and this one didn't play during the week either, which is fathomy. It's like either make it a movie really, or make it a fathom event is my thought. And I understand why the theaters are doing their own specific uh, distribution for this. Cause they get, you know, a good cu- chunk of this money. Mm-hmm. So I do think that yes, it's not going to be a hot property. Like we thought it could be after Taylor Swift. Yes. Yes. I, I the, the Taylor Swift thing is just such a, a, once in a lifetime or, you know, in our lifetime, several in our lifetime, but Mm -hmm. a very rare event. So Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, that's number two. Fourth Weekend made another 9 million, only dropped 34%. Like this is a legitimate big hit, $135 million. This is a movie that, I mean, even though 135 million isn't, you know, top 10 of the year type of number. I'm starting to feel like this deserves and a future episode, maybe us giving up the millions. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah. Cause this is definitely a success. And I think we need to attribute some dollar bills y'all yeah. to yeah. the people who deserve them. I mean, right now this is slightly ahead of no time to die wow. at the same point. And listen, I mean, that was a different time. And it was, you know, Bond is, you know, he was waning a little bit. But still, that, but still, that, that was that's supposed a major to be a gigantic film. And and if Hunger Games, Songbirds and Snakes ends up ahead of that, that's uh, that's a big deal. And you better believe the budget was lower on yes. this than that. Yes. It, it cost a lot to send 880 rocket missiles at Bond at the same time for the big mm-hmm. finale. Like Spoiler, yeah. Jesus, dude. Come on. Yeah, well, he'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, this is exciting. And I don't know what, I mean, this is, this was a self-contained story supposedly because it was, uh, they adapted a different book mm-hmm. and it was only one book and they didn't split it. They didn't try to make it into a franchise. They tested the waters and the water saying, you know what? Come throw some more stuff in here yeah some more movies in here yeah no this is this is great for Lionsgate. i think this hunger games franchise with rachel zegler is something they got to continue um i haven't seen this i don't know if it's set up in a way that she'd continue being the star but if not they got to figure out how to make sure she is because i think it's clear people liked her in this movie and 
you know, you can't budget them the way you did the Jennifer Lawrence movies. Doesn't seem like they'll make that kind of money. Those those Jennifer Lawrence movies opened to over $100 million, but I think they definitely have a franchise here. You know, if, uh, if I'm Rachel Zegler, mm-hmm. and listen, I know you got – the paycheck is big. So, you know, you right. want that big Disney paycheck. But why don't you just drop out of Snow White because that movie – I mean, Disney is in the crapper. We know this. Yeah. So you drop out of Snow White. You go, you go on with this franchise, which people actually like, and nobody will talk about Snow White ever again until they try to redo it in a few years. I think the problem is they've already filmed that movie. You yeah. know, they're refilming the 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 seven friends or whatever they're calling them at this yeah. point. Uh, you know, digitally refilming the seven friends, the seven buddies, the seven seven people. People. Um, but I do think Rachel Zegler has already filmed her footage for the Snow White movie. So that That's will come shame. out. That's a you shame. know, uh, honestly, at this point with these Disney movies, it's almost expected now that that will be a bomb. So mm-hmm. should that Snow White movies, like with the Hunger Games, overperform, that's a big feather in her cap. And I think if that bombs in a year, it's almost like, or two years. I think that movie is coming out in 2025. So it is. Yeah. She may be we're at the end of 2023. Like, yeah. She may be able to film a couple of more Hunger Games movies before that even comes out. So yes, yes. Um. Let's talk about the top movie at the box office this week, The Boy and the Heron. So this is a Miyazaki animated film, a Japanese film, $12.9 million. I'm looking at the the Miyazaki catalog, you know, Mm -hmm. his box office. It's very hard to get domestic numbers on some of these but i'm looking at it and it seems like his highest grossing domestic movie was something that came out in 2012 is it called arietti uh no he's the screenwriter that with him as a director ponyo um ponyo opened to 3.5 okay what year did that come out i don't know um and he's got a movie that he directed in 2015 that has no domestic box office. He has a movie directed The Wind Rises in 2014 that the domestic total is listed as $5 million. So, Ponyo I mean, was 2008, supposedly. 2008. Okay. Eight. I, I Oh, yes. I've seen Ponyo here. Came out in the U.S. 2009, and that made $15 million. So here's the thing. Boy in the Heron opening at 12.9 million seems like this is kind of a slam doink to end up being domestically the biggest movie of his career mm-hmm. right yeah. you figure it's going to get into the 20s so domestically yeah. this would be the the highest grossing miyazaki movie you know this guy was said he had retired seven years this, ago yeah this guy pulled his jay-z he pulled a this Jay-Z. guy put out he put out his black album said i'm done Yep. And then here he is. Couldn't stay yeah. away. Had yeah. one more story to tell. One. I mean, more, probably. Who probably. Knows? Can't trust the guy anymore. I'm sure I mean, he's he... a great guy or monster. Who knows? But um listen, he brought twelve point eight million dollars to the to the to the box office. Yeah. Yeah. So, after saying he's gonna retire. I so mean something this to come is... out of retirement for. 
this is Jordan-esque. I mean, Michael Jordan retired. Yeah, he first, was retired. this is the first return. So here's the thing. Yeah, well, this is Miyazaki the- on the Bulls the second yeah. time. Yes, yes. Maybe he not- should stay retired. We don't need Miyazaki Jordan on the Wizards. Yes, we don't need Miyazaki's uh, uh, Washington Wizards run. Yeah. Um, but even then, it'll still be good, just not, you know, not, not- MVP level. But Not we don't MVP. want to see Miyazaki as a sixth man. That we never want to see. No. Yeah, no. we don't want to see that. But, I mean, that's that's the thing here. Miyazaki said he was retired. Dude comes out of retirement. Number one movie in the country. Going to end up being his highest grossing domestic earner of all time. This is a big, this is a big story. Yeah, I mean, he came out of retirement at the right time because, I mean, again craziest box office year probably ever ever we've talked about this yes and we're we've talked about this whole year so go back and listen i mean yeah historical document this is not just a podcast this isn't a bunch of guys sitting around being like traffic's bad blah 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 you can't say shit anymore right this is a podcast did you do the mic last night did you do the mic how many mics did you do you're not doing enough mics it takes 20 years for you to actually be good at this thing yes this is not that until dick jokes no no this, this is not us talking about sitting around the table no at the comedy we're not talking about no. the table it's not one of those shows no no it's historical document yeah and people will be listening to these to see what was culture like what was box office like in 2023 the craziest year it continues to be crazy up until the very end because here we got a anime film number one mm-hmm. and then number three we've got a godzilla movie a Japanese Godzilla movie yes. that is doing Bafa Bobo. And this is a turning point. Again, I've said this and I have rung this bell about adult animation. Mm-hmm. It is here. It is coming mm-hmm. that we are going to see more adult animation. We're going to see in the, in, in, in Mendelssohn's great newsletter. Yes. Must subscribe. Must subscribe. Yep. Must pay for. Yes, we pay outside, for it gladly. Outside the outside scoop, and I know here's the thing. Oh, I, I I never had to pay before. Blah blah blah. I, nobody's owned a living or anything like that. You know, people say that. I'm sorry if you're listening to the Bo Boys and you're a fan of box office and you love Scott Mendelson, you do owe him a living. Yes. Yes. We for need everything he gave alive. you. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't spend fifty bucks. To get in your mailbox, pure uncut Mendelssohn. Yeah. I and that's a year. S- that's a year. That's bucks. a year of that's uncut Mendelssohn talking about what he loves, which is box office. Okay. The big daddy of box office. Yeah. I, If you can't spend $50, I want you to send an itemized list of what you would spend that $50 on. Mm-hmm. What are you wasting that $50 on that mm-hmm. you can't pony up and give Mendelssohn a great living? Yes. 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 And yeah, it's not charity. You're minimum. not giving it. It's a charity. You're getting these nuggets. All right. Yeah. And one of the nuggets, and we're not going to give away all the nuggets, right? Huh? Cause no, he's got to pay for them. Living. You got to pay for those nuggets. But he's saying this influence of anime mm-hmm. and manga is coming and it's going to be new to so many people. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's going to be the hardcores. You already know about it. And when it starts coming into other sorts of films, 
uh, people are going to act like, oh, my gosh, this is so new. And all the old heads are going to be like, wow, this was blah, 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 mm-hmm. attack on Titan, blah, 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 whatever. It doesn't matter. The general audience, if it's new for them, that is good for the business and good for theatrical because mm-hmm. all, Marvel's stale. Star Wars is stale. Yes. Indiana Jones is stale. I'm sorry. Mission Impossible is stale. Fast and the Ugh. Furious is stale. It hurts. Yes. This hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But you you know what isn't stale? Anime. Anime mm-hmm. is not stale. To the general public, it is a novelty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see more of this, and it's going to bring some of these uh, these new IPs that are going to bring us into the next 10 years of filmmaking, video games, anime, all that stuff. Yeah. No, definitely. Indiana Jones needs to stay retired. Miyazaki needs to keep making movies. Yeah. That that is what that is one of the box office stories that we we lessons that we learned this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is great. I mean, a really good per theater average. Uh, we'll see what kind of legs this has. You know, it it, it depends. You know, because this movie, I think, is available in theaters in a few ways. You could get it in the original language with captions. You could also have screenings where you do get the dubbed version. I'm guessing Mm -hmm. the dubbed version is probably the one that is most popular here domestically. And I think Um, Robert Pattinson is is in it. it, it, He is. Yeah, he's he's one of the voices in this, I think. Um, And the boy is Andy Milanakis, right? It's got to be Andy Melanakis. I mean, shout out Andy Melanakis. Is, his name has been said a lot this past week. So, yeah, you know, if, if he's not in a Miyazaki movie, he, he needs to be soon. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, and that's the type of thing, like, it's a good thing for Robert Pattinson to have on his resume. It's a number one opener. You know, he gets he gets that credit when you when you look up Robert Pattinson on on uh, the numbers or box office mojo like. It's a number one opener for him. You can't take that That's, away. No. So, yeah, I, it'll be curious to see how this does in the coming weeks, you know, whether it does start to catch on just as a kid's family movie. I, I mean, I do to some degree is- at this level, at this level. Obviously, I don't yeah. see this movie having such a surge where it, you know, next week only drops 30%. Like, I think it's going to yeah. drop. But it could be a family choice in the next few weeks until – because what are the big ones? Well, Wonka is going to blow the doors off. Wonka is going to blow the doors off. That's right. my thing. I think this is the week in the sun for the boy and the heron and Miyazaki. And yeah. then here comes Wonka stomping its way through. Yeah. Uh, I really feel like, I mean, already it's, you know, what, it's at 43 worldwide, had a yep. nice opening. Buzz is very good. Tracking is very good on this. I mean, that this thing's going to play through the holidays. So it's going to take a tumble. Mm-hmm. Does it take a Beyonce type tumble? Who knows? Even if it does, doesn't matter. Still a success. Right. Still a right. success. Well, the, this the thing, thing drops is, 75, still a success. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, this movie is uh, has always been uh, meant to make its bones worldwide. It's already made $74 million outside of North mm-hmm. America. You know, yeah. so this movie's gonna get over a hundred million dollars uh worldwide pretty easily. So that Boy in the Heron is a hit. The domestic yeah, money is almost uh is almost icing on the cake. The cake yeah, is the international money. Yeah, we're the we're the gravy, as I like to say. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I like things savory when I talk about box office. So, Got it. but yeah, so we're the gravy and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. If it's keeping theaters af- afloat, you don't always have to be the, the meat turkey. and potatoes yep. or the turkey. You can be the gravy. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, internationally, uh, Japan also brought us Godzilla for a second week in a row and Godzilla minus one. You know, there there was some thought, and I think if the boy and the heron didn't exist, this might have happened, where Godzilla Minus One may have ended up being the number one movie this weekend. I think there is some crossover amongst those audiences, probably a lot of younger audiences, audiences Agreed. that are, you know, more open to international movies. So if the boy and the heron didn't exist, I could see Godzilla having gotten to, you know, double digits this weekend, getting... Mm-hmm you know, 11, 12 million being number one, but even said a 25% drop in its second weekend. This is a great run for this Godzilla mm-hmm. movie. Oh, a hundred percent. It's it's yeah, this is, this is great. And these sort of things are popping up when we need them. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw this at you, Clayton, because in the past, when we've yeah. talked these, uh, I don't know what they're, what they're, they're not the monster verse. Cause that was the universal monsters, but these, uh, the Godzilla King Kong universe, the yeah. Mothraverse, whatever they're calling it. You've always been very clear that King Kong is the star and Godzilla has been the little brother. Domestically. You know? Well, domestically, yeah. yeah. And King Kong is the draw. That's the reason that uh, that Kong v. Godzilla movie in spring of 2021 did so well. It's all King Kong. Now that we're seeing Godzilla on his own, minus one, minus King Kong, like the title is basically telling you that that one that's not there, that's King Kong. That's Kong. And he's doing great. 25% drop in the second weekend. Is Godzilla's box office star on the rise? I love that you are asking me this Mm -hmm. because I think there's some confusion as to what my take on this. Okay. My take on this is in America, the filmmakers don't have a good grip on Godzilla. Mm. American filmmakers, when they do Godzilla movies, they are not great. Mm-hmm. They have a grip on Kong. Kong is good. Kong is great. They know how to do Kong. Kong is a very American sort of star. They know how to do a Kong movie. Internationally, obviously, Godzilla originated somewhere else. They have a grip on Godzilla. They know what makes a great Godzilla movie. And so what needs to happen is combining of forces, Mm. right? Two filmmakers, one from America, one from Japan, make a Kong Godzilla movie. Wow. Mix it all together. Be like, I got a grip on Godzilla. You got a grip on Kong. Let's do this. Right. That's my take. Because when the Godzilla movies are pure Godzilla movies that are not made by American filmmakers, people love them. Mm-hmm. But when they try to domesticate Godzilla, make him American, make him eat a hamburger, apple pie, put a baseball mm-hmm. cap on him. People say, that's not my Godzilla. Right. That's nobody's right. Godzilla. Right. Kong could eat a hot dog, at, you know, at the beach. What does Kong, when you think of King Kong, 
What is the second thing you think of? Uh, That's not well, Godzilla. Oh, him climbing the Empire State Building. Where's the Empire State Building? New York City. Exactly. Center of America. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The U.S. Capitol, New York City. Yeah. Yes. That is my take. Mm-hmm. So my thought is, yes, import all these Godzilla movies or import these great directors and writers who make these great Godzilla movies to America. But here's the problem. If they came over, $15 million budget, That's then this movie's going to cost – $200 million because that's how overinflated and bloated these things have become. So you're not going to have the success story unless this Godzilla movie makes a billion dollars. And that's a huge problem. Right, right. Yeah, you almost need to have a Godzilla and Kong movie, like you said, where the 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 Toho group is creating the Godzilla portion of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that probably cost them like 10, 15 million dollars. Yeah. And then the, you know, the, uh, the Kong Warner brothers and their people create the Kong part and there's 180 million they spend on Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, if you could combine those, yes, then I think you'd have a situation where Godzilla would look equal to Kong in the movie. And, and I the guess there's office. a, now there is a trailer for a, another Godzilla v Kong movie. Have you seen this? I haven't watched this trailer yet, but, um, but- I, I imagine they missed. have they have Godzilla, you know, sit, sitting at a baseball game and and doing the things people don't want to see from him. Well, you know, you can't. Yeah, you don't want it, Godzilla. Yeah, the new empire. It's like, oh, Adam Wingard is back. Um, well, the last one was a hit. You know, it, it, it was a hit because of Kong, as yes. we said, but it was a hit. But you're right. Godzilla probably after this big success of Godzilla minus one. In this, in this new Godzilla King Kong movie, he probably will get shifted back to the passenger seat. And I and I feel like you know this. God, I mean, I wish the Godzilla could uh, enjoy the momentum from this. I mean, yeah. I do think you're going to have people who go see that because of this movie. Yeah, and they're going to have the same complaints they always have with Americanized Godzilla. Is like, why is he always checking his fantasy baseball scores that right. Godzilla wouldn't do that. Right. Right. Why is Godzilla in bib jeans? Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but you know what? Right now it's a great story. Godzilla minus one incredible second weekend hold. And yeah, yeah I mean, we'll see, listen, hurricane Wonka is coming into town very soon. And I mm-hmm. think all these, these movies that we talked about that are, holding down the fort at the box office are all going to get trampled by the chocolate man. And, uh, you know, and it's fine. It's fine. We, we, yeah. we need a blockbuster in there soon. I think that's coming. So we'll talk about that on our next episode, which is the weekend preview Clayton. Here's something I want to talk about maybe to close out this episode. Did you see the golden globe nominations that happened this morning? No, uh, no, I, I will. After this, you know, we had to jump on right after my work. I, I've got, uh, you know, above ground. I got the soot off my face. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance to look at my phone and see these, you know, because there's no reception down there. No, not in the soot mines now. No, not in the soot mines. I mean, it's just a canary and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and the canary I, didn't tell didn't fly in and tell you about the Golden Globe nominations. No, no, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be important. That canary shows up. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Exactly. So, uh, no, but you did point this out to me Mm -hmm. and you said now, now explain it to our audience the way you explained it to me. So the golden globes are coming back. They're going to be on CBS this year. All the nominations came out. We're not going to go through the regular nominations just as there's a new category that they have created. And I guess their attempt to trick people into watching the telecast on CBS. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that that's kind of what this is. It's a gimmick. They created a category called cinematic and box office achievement. And here are the nominees. It looks like there's like eight nominees here. It's a lot. It's a, it's a number that doesn't make any real sense, but the nominees for cinematic and box office achievement are Barbie guardians of the galaxy. Volume three, John wick chapter four mission impossible dead reckoning part one Oppenheimer Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Super Mario Brothers movie, Taylor Swift, The oh, Eras Tour. Not a movie. Tour. Not a movie. So, but it's a, it is a cinematic and box office achievement. That's for sure. So You know what? You're right. Yeah. You're yeah. right. This you is, got me. Yeah. The, the, this is exactly how it should be framed. So here's my big problem with this is, did you ever get a phone call? Clayton about who the nominees for cinematic and box office achievement uh, should be. Did the golden globes ever uh, uh, give you a ring a ding ding? No. no, I mean, I, I might've gone straight to spam. Right. I mean, is that possible? But, uh, I, but- yeah. I don't know if you, I, I don't know if your spam filters would filter out golden globes, but possibly, okay. but I know I didn't get a call. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Jeff Bach at Exhibit Relations Co. didn't get a call. I'm pretty sure that the box office legend, the icon himself. Surely Scott he got Mendelsohn, a call. I don't think Scott Mendelson got a call. So yeah. they just had the Hollywood Foreign Press or whoever their new group of more diverse voters that they say that they have. They, they just had whoever votes on the Globes voted on this category, box office yeah. achievement. Didn't consult the B.O. Boys. Scott Mendelson, Jeff Bach, none of the people who should be the ones who tell you who were the box office achievements of the year. Yeah. And, you know, what's the criteria here? Because is it just purely box office or does there have to be an element of exceptional, you know, artistry to it? Right. Or, or a box office story. Because if you look at these nominees. Yes. I get it with a few of these. I mean, I do not understand Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 at all. Other than that is Paramount Pictures, and that seems to be a a goodwill offering to CBS, Mm -hmm. which is owned by Paramount, and Paramount Plus is airing this as well. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning being in there is just part of the deal that CBS and Paramount are airing this award show. That is the only reason that movie is in there. Uh, You Mm -hmm. can take that to the bank. And, you know, here is how I would have done this list. I get Barbie and Oppenheimer being in there. Barbenheimer should have been what's listed for cinematic and box office achievement, not the movie separately, but Barbenheimer. That's the box office phenomenon. So yeah. that should have gotten a nomination. I think Mario Brothers getting it, great. Taylor Swift getting it, definitely. Um, John Wick Chapter 4, 
great box office performance. Same with Guardians. Uh, but is it really exceptional? Is it exceptional? I mean, what is the movie? What are okay? I think there's two glaring omissions here. Let's see if you if you get them. What are the two glaring omissions uh, of box office achievement in 2023? What two movies? You know, if we're thinking of what the stories of this year are, what mm-hmm. are the two big snubs here? Well, for sure, Sound of Freedom. Yes. 100%. That's a big one. That's a big snub. Whatever you think yeah. of that movie, that is a snub if you're nominating box office of the year. Yeah, that 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 is a that is definitely, you know, one of the bigger stories. And yeah. you know, I'm 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 trying to think. I know it's sticking Fall out at movie. me. Fall movie. Fall movie. Yeah, fall movie, October movie. Oh, and it just happened. Yeah. Oh, it was Shocktober. So yeah. it had to oh. Oh, 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 oh. five yeah. nights at, at Freddy's. Yes. If yeah. the Golden Globes were gonna be taken seriously mm-hmm. in any way, which they they've blown that credibility now. Yeah. If they were going to be taken seriously with this new box office category, your five, because there should always be five nominees, your five That's nominees true. should have been Barbenheimer, Super Mario Brothers movie, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, uh, Sound of Freedom, Five Nights at Freddy's. Those are That's your true. five nominees for box office achievement of the year. If you had called mm-hmm. the B.O. Boys, Jeff Bach, Scott Mendelson, put us together in a room. Those would be the five movies we would have come out of that room with. And we wouldn't have a scar on us. We wouldn't have fought at all. No, no. As long as there was enough muffins, we would have been good. Yep. No. One a piece. One a piece. One a piece. And if there's an extra one, we would have split it four ways. Of course. Of course. course. So I think, you know, it's a lot to go through on those Golden Globe nominations. Maybe we'll do that down the road on a on a bo uh, after bo. Yeah, which will which, they will be coming back. They will be yes. coming back. Yeah, they were on a little bit of an injury hiatus, but we'll be getting to those soon. Um, yeah, so we'll get to those other Golden Globe nominations on a show like that. But I, I think that is the big story for these Golden Globes trying to create a box office categories. They they totally fumbled it in year one, and they've lost all credibility. It was a bit of a stumble. It was a bit of a stumble. So, Clayton, of course, we didn't get to emails here. We'll get to them on the weekend preview episode because we got a lot of great emails mm-hmm. that we love and we'll be getting to them. Keep sending the BO Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, boots on the ground. We're going to go through a bunch of emails on the next episode, which is our preview mm-hmm. episode for Wonka. So, if you have predictions for Wonka weekend, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be getting back to web exclusives after B.O. That content will be coming very soon, fast and furious. So subscribe mm-hmm. to the YouTube channel, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on the social medias. Of course, want to be want to senior intern Christopher's killing it with the clips over on Twitter X, over on TikTok over on YouTube. So he's killing it there. And of course, Wanna BO Junior Intern Jack just writing up a storm over at the BO Boys Substack. 
The B.O. Boys Substack, of course, is free. You get every Jack written article up there. You just by subscribing, goes right to your email box. But then, of course, also, you got to subscribe to Scott Mendelson's Substack, which is, what is that called again, Clayton? So his his Substack is called The Outside Scoop. The Outside Scoop. The B.O. Boys are paid subscribers, and you should be too. Subscribe to The Outside Scoop from Scott Mendelson. And uh, yeah, Clayton, I think we've done it. We definitely did it, Pat. I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except for, until next time, we'll smell you at the box office.